Hi, I'm Denise Simpson, a master life and leadership coach who helps high performers and leaders reach their next level of success with confidence, pride, and true fulfillment. You'll hear about real clients with real problems navigating their success in life, business, and career. So if you're ready, let's get started. Hey there, friends. Welcome. How are you? I'm so happy you have joined me today. I am Denise Simpson. I am a master life and leadership coach with a PhD in leadership studies. And I've spent the last 25 years in this field learning about leadership, learning about the dyad of follower and leader, and having a great, great time in coaching and consulting organizations and their leaders. And now I get to do this full time, having a wonderful, time doing this um, the last three years now, I suppose. So it is exciting to be with you guys today. Every week is exciting for me to come on here and share a little something with you. You know, I treat these weekly lives as opportunities for lunch and learns or for personal and professional development sessions. And so it's a short time in your day, a very short time in your week. And whether you are using this to improve your personal life or your professional life, or perhaps you're a leader in an organization who is looking to expand their professional development, this is the weekly podcast for you. So please post your questions, comments below. Anne is here. Happy you're here, my friend. Good to see you. Um, we have a really good topic today. I think every topic is is really special, um, but today it's a little extra special because this is, uh, you, you know, you'll hear my explanation as to why I got into leadership, but this is the primary reason, leading with vulnerability. Um, what I saw in my early days of leadership and what I did not want to become as a leader. And so this is a very important topic. So the topic today is lead with vulnerability. And so it's important that we talk about this now, my friends, because longer the days of inflexible, rigid, stoic leadership. It's time to be vulnerable in a, in a very intentional way. So I'm going to explain a little bit about that uh, in just a second. So if you're coming on, say hello. I'm just making sure that I'm live, obviously, um, and just post it. So we're good. Good. And so is the volume, I hope, Anne. Let me know the volume's okay. So leading with vulnerability. So when we think of the word vulnerability, we think of being open to attack or open to judgment or to critique, right? To being judged or criticized. When we think of vulnerability, we're thinking of exposure. We're thinking of being exposed to the elements, the harsh elements. We're thinking of being physically or emotionally open to pain or suffering. Right? These are various definitions of vulnerability. And so when I think of vulnerability, I think of being open to attack or being judged. Oh, thanks, Anne. Anne says volume on her end is good. Awesome. And so the definition of vulnerability varies depending on the context, depending on the situation. And for us leaders, a lot of us have been trained to 
be closed, to protect ourselves, to protect our personal lives, our personal opinions, to really protect uh, ourselves even when we don't know what we're doing. And so vulnerability is really being open or being exposed to the elements. And so what we do and how we were trained is to guard ourselves, to shield ourselves from the elements, right? Where we've been trained to really close ourselves off from any pain or suffering. I mean, think about it. We protect our hearts from, you know, relationship wounds. We are protecting our careers, right? We're always looking to, 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 for better opportunities. We are always looking at protecting our finances, right? Growing our nest eggs. We're always looking at protecting our status, right? We don't want to look like fools on Facebook or idiots to our peers (laughs) or our followers on Facebook or on social media. We're always protecting something. We're protecting our relationships. We're protecting our bodies from disease. We're protecting our, you know, jobs, our careers. We're always guarded and protecting ourselves. So when we talk about leading with vulnerability, you're like, what do you mean? Because I've been designed and trained to protect every part of my life. And I understand that. But as a leader, we do need to pull back a little bit and find better ways to to help our followers along their journeys. And one of the best ways that I know how is to lead with vulnerability. Now, this does not mean using your emotions as a leader to manipulate your followers. That's not what I'm saying. I'm also not saying for you to be weak or submissive in your leadership. No, leading with vulnerability, on the contrary, is a very strong ability to really manage your mind and your emotions and use your emotions appropriately, appropriately for the intention of making authentic connections with your followers. That's what leading with vulnerability is about. And so I bring this up because as I was reflecting on this live today, I thought, my gosh, my brain is designed to protect every aspect of my of my life. I mean, think about what the brain is designed to do. It's designed to, you know, protect you from any threat. It's designed to protect you from any harm, right? The brain in its primal state and what it wants to do is is to protect you and that's why we have fight flight or freeze right that's that's just the anatomy of the brain and what it's intended to do so of course it's unnatural for us to be vulnerable in our primal state where we're designed to be <laughs> shielded protected guarded the opposite of vulnerability and so as I was, you know, taking notes and and getting ready for today's show, I even thought about my first experience as a follower. I was 19 years old. I was very much interested already in business and very much interested in leadership. Was going to stu- to school to study business and leadership. And I was working part-time at a retail store, a very large one. And it's still very large today. And it's a lotions and potions store. And I went in as a part-time seasonal employee and moved my way up to leadership, to running a store, even before I got my undergraduate degree. 
And I remembered vividly why I went into leadership. It was because of the leader that I had when I first joined the organization. She was someone who was unmanaged of mind and emotion. She was someone who would fly off the handle. So you'd walk in, you'd check in, you'd clock in, you'd, you know, put on your apron. You know, you know where I'm, now you know what I'm talking about, what store I'm talking about. And immediately you had to stand at attention and wait for her to give you her orders. And every time she would demand or command something, your nervous system would just jolt in its place. I mean, I remembered feeling so, so scared coming to work. And I thought, you know what? I love this store. I love these products. I sell the shit out of these products. I love meeting these customers. I love this whole interaction of the retail world. It was so exciting to me. I loved everything about the flexibility in my schedule, being a college student. I wanted to stay employed. I visualized myself doing things differently than this leader. What did I know? I was just a, you know, a college student, inexperienced college student in my mind thinking, there's got to be a better way to lead people. There has to be a better way to guide us. This is so scary. I, I come in here afraid. I'm afraid to ask for time off. I'm afraid to ask her for anything. This is not a way to lead. And I, as a follower, certainly don't want to be in, in this, in this environment anymore. And I remembered she was the reason why I said, I'm going to show you my friend. I'm going to show you my leader, how it's done. And I quickly rose through the ranks, wound up in some other stores, but I was so successful as a retail manager because I knew what it took to guide and inspire and motivate my employees. I was excited about the philosophy of the organization. I was excited about the mission and the vision of the organization. I had bought into it all, and I was so excited to be a part of it. But I didn't want any other employee, whether they were part-time, seasonal, or full-time, I didn't want another employee to feel afraid, to be scared, to be there for the paycheck because everything else sucked. I wanted to end that right then and there. And she was the reason why I'm the leader that I am today, one that's empathetic, one that is filled with compassion, one that is open-minded and agile and flexible. I am not rigid in my ways. On the contrary, I'm so open to listening and hearing my followers' perspective on things because they may have a very different perspective on how to run the organization. Very open to coaching others. And this was why it was a natural progression for me to go into leadership coaching. Because as a leader, I coached my employees, I coached my followers. So, what a beautiful transition it was to go into this full time role. But I needed to lead with vulnerability, to be more flexible, to not be as rigid as my first role model of leadership. I mean, think about for you, my friends. I mean, there's some sayings that we were told as children. Don't let them see you cry. That was something that my father used to tell me. 
He wanted to protect, again, protect his little girl. Opposite of vulnerability, right? Opposite of vulnerability is to protect, to shield, to guard. So our well-intended parents and extended community members and family members wanted to protect their children. And so we were taught to not cry in front of others. We were also taught to be the first one to strike. We were also told that the world is out to get you. I mean, how many sayings did you hear growing up that have now stayed unconsciously in your mind? And all of these sayings, well-intended as they were, all of these sayings were about guarding us protecting our hearts, protecting our bank accounts, protecting our families, protecting our careers. So of course, it's uh, it's unnatural for us to be vulnerable. Of course. And the brain, like I said, that's its natural way of stabilizing, keeping you protected from any threat. So it's unnatural, my friends to be vulnerable. So my plea today is for us to take a different approach on leadership. For us, or at least today, for us, I want us to look at really being open-minded to how we use our emotions intentionally with a purpose, not erratically, not recklessly, Right? But with intention to connect with your followers at a much deeper level. And like I said, you know, my first role model in of leadership in leadership was this, this woman who really had no business leading. And the premise that I want for us to, to bring to our weekly sessions here is that you, my friend, are the nucleus. You are the core. My primary concern is developing you, the core, the nucleus. I want to help you step into your leadership, to master your leadership from the inside out. So before you lead another soul, before you lead your children, before you lead your peers, your followers, your subordinates, your community members, let us take a closer look at you, the nucleus, and how you process your thoughts and your emotions before you lead another person. And so today we're talking about leading with vulnerability. And Jamie is here. She says, hi, happy Thursday. Yes, happy Thursday to you, my friend. Happy you're here. And so we are talking about leading with vulnerability. And again, it's unnatural for us to be exposed When you think of the definition of vulnerability, again, it's being open. And and one of the definitions I looked up, it's open to attack or damage, right? And so when we think of leading with vulnerability, I mean, I had DMs on my Instagram account asking for more information on this. What do you mean lead with vulnerability? I ha- I can't I can't show my followers that I'm vulnerable. I there's no way I can be transparent with them. You know, these were the messages I was getting. And I told them come watch me on Thursday at 1 p.m. over on my Facebook page and I will explain to you why it is important and how you can do this effectively without using your emotions to manipulate another person or your followers and without look without being weak or submissive. That's not what leading with vulnerability is about. 
It's about being intentional with your emotions, using them with purpose, not rec- recklessly or, you know, or frivolously. That's not what this is about. And so over the last eight months, you all know we have been <laughs> in, in, uh, in, into some very interesting circumstances. And the last eight months have been the busiest in my coaching and consulting practice because it has been all about managing my clients' minds and emotions, really developing them the nucleus, the core. So most of my leaders and in working with them these last eight months, their common words to me or their common thoughts are, the world is crazy out there. It's out of control. My thoughts about what's happening outside of my mind is that it's chaos and I have zero control. So I want to show, I need, show myself that I need to control something because since I have no control of the pandemic, I have no control of, you know, what's happening outside of my, uh, my house. I need to show and exert force somewhere else. And that was the common thread. And they didn't notice that for themselves until I put the mirror up against their brain. I said, you're feeling panicked. You don't know what to do with your workforce. You don't know how to explain to them the social injustices that's happening out there and how your organization is going to do something about it. You don't know how to explain to them how to protect themselves and their families during this COVID pandemic. You don't know how to lead your workforce virtually. So here they were with all these thoughts about these circumstances that were out of control. So what we had to stop and just contemplate what their thoughts were about what was happening and how that was affecting how they were leading their families, their communities, their organizations, their workforce. Because when you have an unmanaged mind, trust me, my friend, your leadership will be unmanaged as well. It'll be a direct reflection of how you think about the world. Because you take your mind and your heart everywhere you go. So if you're a leader who's watching or who will watch this replay, please, please take this very important piece away from today's episode is that you take your mind and your heart everywhere you go. So if you think you are different in your workforce, in your workplace, than you are in your personal life, I promise you, you are not. And I can prove that to you. Unconsciously, you are the same person that you are at home. And, that, and the leader that's leading your, their workforce. You are the same person with the same thought habits, with the same emotional habits, with the same behaviors and actions and physical habits. You are the same person. So when these leaders were coming to me with their minds unmanaged, which, you know, it, it's understandable. It's been a crazy eight months. I get that. So when they came to me saying, I don't know how to write a a diversity and inclusion policy, I want to hire you to write it because I can't even think through this. I don't even know what to include in this policy. I'm like, okay, I will write it for you. However, (laughs) let's discuss how you're managing your mind right now. 
because you're the leader. I can write the policy, but you're going to have to implement it when I go. I'm just the writer of this policy, but you leader will need to implement this and you'll need to know this inside and out. So let's start with you and your mind. Let's manage your mind first, but I'll write the policy. Better yet, we'll write it together, but you will implement this because that's what you're being paid to do, leader. And so there were so many of these circumstances these last eight months where I had to sit down with my my clients, my leadership clients and say, okay, tell me how you feel personally about this situation, this circumstance. And let's look at how the parallels between how you're feeling about this personally and how you're leading your workforce with the same mind. And so the last eight months have been so interesting for me as a consultant and a coach. And this is why today's topic on leading with vulnerability is so very important, my friends. And so I have some ideas for you that I want to share. And please post your questions or comments below. I always want to see who's here or if you have any um, any questions I can answer at the end of our time together. Here is the first leadership tip that I want to stress. Please take notes. And if you're watching the replay, please make sure that you, you take notes on this because this is so important. Don't lead from a place of pain. This is what I mean. There are lots of leaders out here that are leading from open wounds. I mean, think about a wound. Think about when you fell off your bike or when you, you know, fell off the horse. And if you're watching or when you, you know, scraped your knee or even with your children, right? They have wounds and cuts all over their legs, their arms, because they're climbing trees or they're being who they're supposed to be. And, and there's a wound. And it's, it's oozing and pussy and, and it's just, you know, full of anger. It's a wound. It's open. Versus leading from a healed scar. So if you're leading from an open wound, right, meaning that you haven't processed any, any trauma, any emotional turmoil, anything in your personal life, you're leading from this place of unmanaged mind, an unmanaged mind and heart. And so what I'm proposing is that we then lead from the healed scar, right? Because when a scar is healed, it's there, it's not going away, but it's closed. And you've processed and you preserve the learnings from that wound. And you're able to lead with an open mind and an open heart, as opposed to leading with the open wound. So two very different ways to lead. It's a new idea. I haven't shared this with anyone else, not even my private clients. The difference between leading from an open wound where you can't, you have yet to process the pain. You're in it. That's what an open wound is. It has yet to close. You have yet to learn or preserve the learnings from the wound. So I am proposing that we take a different approach. So don't lead from pain, lead from the space of a healed scar. 
It's a different idea. I know it's a different concept for many of us. And if you have questions, post them and we can talk more about this particular concept. I just, I thought it was, it it was so important for us to talk about because, you know, for the example I gave you in regards to my first leadership role model, who for better or worse (laughs) was the reason why I went into leadership. She was leading from an open wound. She was angry. She was upset with herself. She wanted more in her life and she thought she was settling. She was in a very interesting, intimate relationship with a man. Why do I, why am I sharing this with you? Because she was leading from an open wound. I knew everything about her personal life. She was very open, not leading with vulnerability. She was leading from an open wound. So I knew her challenges. I knew that she had an unmanaged mind. So of course, her personal life was unmanaged. Well, so was so was her leadership role. That's what I mean by leading from an open wound. So this idea is new. I want to explore it a little further with you if you wish. And so post your comments and we'll get into some some more specifics about leading with an open wound versus a, a healed scar, right? Now, here's the second one. I want for you, my friends, to use your emotions appropriately to create authentic relationships with your followers. So how do you use your emotions appropriately? So you know, the, the idea of transparency is super important for today's workforce. They want to know what's going on. You know, they don't want to know, you know, they don't want you to lead from that open wound, but they want to know how they can help. And all it takes is for you, the leader, to be transparent about what kind of help you're needing. Again, long are the days of stoic, inflexible, rigid leadership. This is about getting your, your followers into into the decision-making process. It's about asking your followers to contribute to these policies. You know, so when I was asked to do the diversity and inclusion policy, I said, I want a committee. I want a committee of your employees. I want a sample size of people that represent this group. And I want to work with them as I write this policy for your organization. I want inclusion. I want to include them in this policy. And the leader said to me, I don't think that's a good idea. I said, well, why not? He said, because they're going to ask for the stars and the moons and everything, and I can't give that to them. And so I had to inform him (laughs) of what leading with vulnerability looks like. And it's not about being weak or submissive. On the contrary, it's about knowing that there are gaps in the system and that your followers are the frontline people who, are, who can provide a very different perspective on these policies. Wouldn't you rather have them buy into the policy than force it upon them? So that's the idea of number two, using your emotions appropriately to create these authentic relationships. And showing transparency is one way to do that. Especially during the last eight months, I had a lot of leaders just being fully transparent with their employees saying, I don't know how to proceed, but you cannot show up into the office until we can figure things out. You will work from home. 
and we will have meetings every single day just to stay informed. But I don't know what the future is going to look like. But for now, go home, take care of yourselves and your children. That was transparency. That was being vulnerable without showing weakness or submissiveness. It's saying, I don't know how we're going to proceed because the world is a little crazy right now. And let me get my thoughts through this. Let me speak to the board of directors. Let me speak to my executive team. And let's figure out a way that we can continue working so that you can continue with a paycheck and we can continue serving our customers. That was the best way to handle the transition from, from working from home, or excuse me, working from, the, from a physical building into, into working in our homes. And this was one of my clients who handled it beautifully. And guess what? The emails that she got were so wonderful. The response she received from being vulnerable was, thank you so much. This is a crazy time for all of us. You're right. The country doesn't know what, what to do. We're looking, we're looking at you for, for leadership. We're looking at you for direction. So we'll hang in there. And thank you for letting us know. And she was certain to make sure that every day she communicated with her team. So that she was right, they were right there with her as she was making decisions in regards to working virtually from home. And now this client is moving back into a physical building. And I'm helping her transition them back into a physical work, work, you know, work environment. So that's going to be fun. That's number two, my friends. And the last one here, ultimately, it's about creating human connection, right? That's what leading with vulnerability is. You know, something that I am proud of. And, and if my followers or former followers are watching, I have led many, many, many hundreds of employees for sure during my 25 years in leadership. And the one thing that I was so proud of doing and I was so intentional of doing was taking great concern and showing great interest in my employees' lives. There was one in particular, one of my assistants who we still communicate. She was an executive assistant of mine as I worked at a a university. And every morning, it was an update on her children. I wanted to hear about her kids. I wanted to hear about their growth and expansion. I mean, just the other day, she posted on Instagram, one of her sons is in college. And I'm like, what? I remembered when he was in elementary, middle school, and now he's in college. So exciting. And so these were moments, these were opportunities that I took with my employees to show that I was interested in their, in their livelihood, in their health and their wellness and their intimate relationships with their, with their children. I wanted to show them that I cared, that I was empathetic and I was compassionate and it was genuine. And I created such strong, genuine connections with my employees. I felt it was important to do so. And again, a, a leader is a coach. And a coach is a great leader. I mean, that's just what you do as a leader. And this is part of leading with vulnerability. All right, my friends, let me go through those again really quickly. Number one, don't lead from a place of pain. Remember the idea of leading from a healed scar versus an open wound. Two very different things here. 
but a really great concept uh, to grasp your mind around. And we can talk more about that if you wish. Number two, use your emotions appropriately to create authentic relationships. And then the last one here is ultimately, it is about human connection. We employees, we followers, we just, we want to feel heard. We want to know that you care. We don't want to just come here for a paycheck anymore. We want to actually contribute to the overall mission and vision of this organization. We care about the future of this organization and we want to contribute greatly. That's what this is about. It's about leading with vulnerability. And so I hope that was helpful for everybody. Let's see comments. Here we go. Um, and oh, Elizabeth, hi. Happy Thursday. Happy you're here. Jamie says, unmanaged heart and mind can lead to cloudy actions. Exactly. So if you're not, if again, the premise that we come to every single week is that you are the nucleus. You are the core. We have to look at how you manage your thoughts your emotions, your behaviors, and the results that you create. That's my premise. That's the premise I want you to come here every single week with, is that we need to understand our belief systems, the unconscious and the conscious ones. We need to understand understand our values and what motivate us to do what we do. We need to transform our leadership from the inside out before you can take on a formal leadership role. And so, yes, Jamie, exactly. It can lead to cloudy actions if we don't process these thoughts or these emotions. And says, that is what I needed, an example. Thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good, And uh, Anne says, I would love to go deeper on this. Uh, and Jamie says, thanks for the reminder that these apply for both work and home. Yes, right? It's, it's, again, you take your mind and your heart everywhere you go. And I've had so many leaders tell me, no, this is this is not how I behave at, at at the office. I'm very different there than I am at home. I said, no, I highly doubt that. You you are unconscious of it. And let me show you how they're the same, <laughs> how you are the same. And so, yeah, very, very good. Anne says, that's cool. Asking someone about something as they care about makes that person feel special. That means a lot to that person. Absolutely. Yes. And that, that's why it was important for me in that example of, of the policy that I was writing for this client and wanting to get feedback from his workforce, his a sample size of his workforce. And I wanted to run that committee, pull them myself, interview them, because I wanted for them to, to contribute, to be not only open-minded to, these, to this new policy, but I wanted to see how it was going to benefit them and, and for the entire organization. Right? I wanted to. I wanted to get a good sample size, and so I asked them, "What What does this mean to you? What would you like to see different in regards to diversity and inclusion here? What is it that you want from your leadership, from your executive team? What will help you stay here longer? Will this policy make a difference if you stay here or not?" And so these were the questions I asked these individuals, and so it it it's a simple ask. So if you have a small team, maybe you're in a small department of maybe a handful of people, right? And even if you don't have a leadership, formal leadership role, you're still a leader, my friend. You still have influence over others. That's the simple definition of leadership, influence over another person. And so whether you have a formal title or not, I don't care. What you can do today is ask Ask someone in your department a question about 
whatever it is that you're, that you are in the process of deciding or thinking through, right? It's asking for contribution. It's asking this other person what it means to them. And Jamie says the third is, is my all-time favorite. Yeah. Ultimately it's the human connection. So that's what leading with vulnerability is about my friends. It's really about not using your emotions to manipulate your followers. I have seen that time and time again. And I gave you an example of my first leader when I was 19 years old. And if you came in late for that, or you're watching the replay and you're catching this at the end, watch the beginning. I share with you an example. So why I'm in leadership today has everything to do with this one person that I just shared. Um, And because of her, I am who I am today as a leader. And leading with vulnerability is staying open-minded. It's being agile and flexible. But we can't do all that if we don't have a managed mind or heart. Really, that's the bottom line. All right, my friends. I hope you found today helpful. Um, Join me next week for another great topic. Um, Please post and continue to post your comments or your questions here. I will make sure I answer them as soon as I'm done here with this broadcast. Um, And I just noticed noticed the time and it looks like I'm over yet again. Um, But thank you again so much for today. And I look forward to serving you on the next live here. Make sure you share this out with your friends. Let them know that we're here every week to to do professional and personal development. That's what these 30-minute sessions are about. They're short to the point, something that'll leave you inspired and ready to go implement. That is my intention every single week as I come to you live. So please share this out if you can on your social media feeds. All right, everybody. Thank you so much again for your time today. Anne says, this was great. A lot to think about. Yes, Anne. And we'll be in touch soon. And so we can, we'll definitely dive much deeper into this conversation if you wish. All right, everybody have a wonderful Thursday afternoon. I'll talk to some of you very soon. Bye. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to join me inside my exclusive coaching membership for high performers. It's called Next Level Progress, or NLP for short, Next Level Progress. That's right. I want to help you reach your next level of success with confidence, with pride, and true fulfillment. So head over to drdenisesimpson.com forward slash NLP to get the support you need and deserve. That website again is drdenisesimpson.com forward slash NLP. See you inside, my friend.